How did we get to midlife already? Welcome to the Midlife Club podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Jeanette. And I'm Donna. We're going to talk to you about relatable topics like life, love, parenting teenagers, and what we've learned the first side of 40 and what we still have to learn on the other half. Sometimes our podcast contains some strong language, so if that's not for you, that's okay. But if it is, then let's get started. Hey midlifers, thanks for joining us for part two of our menopause chat with Dr. Fairhat Uden and Sabrina Zeif of the Liberty Health Clinics in London, UK. We hope you enjoyed part one and we promise that part two will be just as good. Menopause, not the hot girl summer we wanted. Welcome back to part two. Thanks for joining us, ladies. Um, Jeanette, I think you have a question about hot flashes. Okay, hot flashes. And I'm talking like fire from the inside that wakes me up all night long. My legs are on fire. I'm sweating. If someone or ladies choose not to do HRT therapy, is there something you can do about them or is just HRT the answer? So I I mean, I tend to do a stepwise process when it comes to hot flushes. And I think I think Sabrina would agree with this. So we would always start with diet and lifestyle first. So it's unfortunately, it's things like reducing the amount of caffeine, reducing the amount of alcohol we drink, um, balancing our blood sugars can make a big difference to, to the hot flushes. Mm-hmm. Um, exercise, some women, we know that exercise can either make your flushes worse or they can make them a lot better. So it's definitely worth trying exercise. Um, the other thing that that's actually been shown and is evidence based is cognitive behavior therapy for menopause. Um, And it's something that I'm a really big fan of. So there are studies that now show that cognitive behavior therapy, um, does reduce hot flushes as well as improves sleep, reduces anxiety and depression. So it can really help with those, those symptoms and there's no side effects. Um, so it's it's definitely something that I'm a really big advocate for. Okay, is that I've never heard of that? Ask your doctor. Yeah, yeah. It's um, unfortunately over here. There's there's not that many people that do it because it's it has to be CBT for specifically menopause. Um, but it's becoming it's becoming more common, and it's something we we offer on the NHS over here. Just um, it's it's quite sporadic, so not everyone will be able to get hold of it. I yeah. work. What's yeah. the science behind that? How does CBT work for hot flashes? So we we know that actually it's the mind is in control of a lot of these symptoms, um, and that it's it's that negative feedback. So often when you you get a hot flash, the anxiety of thinking about oh my gosh this hot flash is going to get worse, it it spirals and that those symptoms get worse and worse and worse. So by actually having these steps in place and knowing what to do when you got get a hot flash, you can actually just halt the process right there. Really? Um, it's, it's fascinating. So it takes, I mean, it takes training. It takes time. It's not, it's not an instant fix. Uh-huh. Um, and I was so impressed because things like sleep, it improves your sleep. Um, it can lift your mood. So it's, I'm not an expert in CBT, but, you know, I, I have colleagues that are, and it's, it's fascinating. 
but it's it's something especially for women that can't take HRT. It's something that I do do advise. Okay, that's interesting. So yeah. we touched on this earlier about the blood work and what you're looking for when you run the blood work. Mm-hmm. But is it truly like a certain time of the month that's better? I know that sounds weird, but I know you said that they kind of fluctuate a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, are you better to have it? I don't, I don't even know. Like when you're on your period um, or after your period. Or, yeah. Yeah. No, so absolutely. So I, I mentioned the FSH, the follicle stimulating hormone. Mm-hmm. And we, we ask women if you can to do it in days between days two and five of their cycle, um, because that's that's when it's it's typically the highest. But actually, women, especially in perimenopause, will have very irregular cycles. They won't know when their period's coming or going. So often we'll just say, just, just get it done whenever. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's negative or even if it's positive, sometimes we, we get it repeated in six weeks. That's what the guidelines here say. So we tend to do two six weeks apart um and some women will have a positive fsh some some won't but but really it's it's more like i said before to rule out other conditions mm-hmm. okay that makes sense that makes sense for mine too yeah because i think they were checking um because i got migraines out of the blue um they want to just make sure and that the sweats they want to make sure nothing else is going on mm-hmm so does getting an ablation really help with the symptoms? Because I know our periods get heavier and um, we tend to wonder how we survive after having one because um, they're <laughs> ridiculous. Do ablations work? <laughs> it seems I like mean, it's very common for women. Yeah. I don't know what it's like for it can yeah. be UK or not, but that seems a lot more common here. But. Yeah, I, I don't think it's that common, to be honest, over oh. here. We, we do see them. We do see them. But um, I think they're almost a last resort here. We, we have so many other options. So, yes, they will help. They will definitely help with your heavy periods, but they won't help with any of the other symptoms yeah. of menopause. Um, what's, a, what's a really good thing that we use over here is the Mirena coil. So it's a coil that has a small amount of progesterone on it. And the reason it's good is that progesterone works locally, but it also works as part of HRT. So if you've got the other symptoms, if you're getting hot flushes and you're getting depression or anxiety, we can just give you a bit of estrogen gel or maybe a patch on top of that. And you're covered. You're covered with both parts. You've got the progesterone on the coil and you've got the estrogen. Mm -hmm. Um, Because if you've got a womb, you need to take both hormones. Um, And ablation, I mean, it's, it's not without its risks. You know, we do, we do see complications from ablations. So it's, it tends to be more of like a second or a third line over here. Whereas we tend to go for definitely the Mirena coil or the, the, the hormone coil as a first line. And that's what I will always counsel women for when they come in with, with the heavy bleeds, because it, it also helps with things like endometriosis. So if you're someone that gets really painful periods as well, um, the Mirena coil will, will help. Will help with that. Okay. And um, is that is the you're talking about? I've never heard of that. Is that like our IUD? Yeah. So this this two. Uh, okay. There's one okay. that's just copper and it's got no hormones. Yeah. And that unfortunately will will make your periods often heavier. So I would definitely avoid that in the perimenopause. <laughs> there's another one that um it's in it's in for five years it 
it has a hormone and the, and the most common one we use over here is called the Mirena coil. Um, and there are other ones called the JDES, but the one that is, is typically licensed for use in menopause is the Mirena coil. It's got a hormone called levonorgestrel and it's, it works really well. It thins the endometrium, it thins the lining of the womb and it's, it protects the womb as well. So if you do go on to, like I said, take estrogen replacement, you've protected your womb. So it's really useful. It's also contraception because we know that you can still get pregnant in the perimenopause. Yeah. <laughs> it does happen. <laughs> so you've got contraception there. You've got something that protects your womb if you're going to take estrogen and it, and it can stop your periods. It definitely makes it lighter, but it can also stop your periods. So I'm a big fan and I do fit coils all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but for women who don't want that, then sometimes I just add in um, some progesterone as a pill, and yeah. that tends to just stem the bleeding. Okay. So, Sabrina, I know you you said that you've been on HRT, right? Did you find, like, that it helped with, um, I don't want to say the word rage, but I want to say the word rage. <laughs> Use it, Donna, because that's how we feel, rage. Usually, I feel a little ragey. Did you find, like, that kind of stopped that? or I think, but here's the thing, every woman is quite different. Yeah. Um, um, I never got that much rage, but my husband and I definitely disagree. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we should have had our husbands on this Zoom, is what we should have done. <laughs> so, you know what? I just thought of a new thing for HRT. Maybe it needs to be husband replacement therapy. <laughs> <laughs> well, excuse me. A lot of women do get divorced around this age. Yeah, yeah because nice we're angry. We can't help it. Yeah. So, the answer to your question is I have to say, for me, just about all of my symptoms went. Yeah, really, but, all but, of them. Get well, uh, well. So what I was having, I yeah. thought I was have, uh, I was having a lot of back pain. I was having migraines. Uh, obviously, I was grumpy. So says the husband a bit. <sighs> uh, the flushes. I couldn't remember things. All that stuff. So for me. When I say immediately, I can't remember really. <laughs> the flushes went quickly, and okay. then. I don't really have any symptoms except really the old brain doesn't always work that well. I think that's part of the age. Um, But every woman is quite different. But I also had incorporated where I brought different things into my diet, like nuts and seeds and making myself eat a whole lot more vegetables that I didn't. Looking at portion size, you know, Mm -hmm. um, and, and exercising and, you know, more than I, different things, not doing spin that was making me, um, worse than ever to be honest but but you know taking on some yoga and and starting to do strength exercises even if it means at home so i don't think hrt on its own um if i had a really bad diet i think i'd be still suffering to be honest yeah Hmm. i I agree yeah Yeah. with that being actually said i think what advice would both of you give to women because our bodies change and as I'm working out and as I'm eating really healthy, you know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't change like it used to in my twenties when I would work out and eat healthy, right? So how do we teach women to embrace our new bodies? Because we're working so hard to try and fix, you know, this extra weight that we've put on or this extra shape that we've taken. So how do we embrace our new shape while still eating healthy and exercising, right? Almost accepting our new bodies. Mm-hmm. Well, you just said it. We got to, we got to, the thing is a little bit of weight when we, uh, as we age is actually normal, but somehow mm-hmm. we women think 
and um, especially the ones who don't gain weight or haven't gained weight for ever yes. myself included and all of a sudden you're starting to gain it's distressing yeah 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 so our bodies have to we you know a little bit of fat around our middle um because our estrogen is being some of our estrogen that's being produced by our adrenal glands is stored there okay. but i mean I still think we can manage to die the, the weight in that it, it you mustn't get to the point where you know you're you're really overweight yeah, yeah right and that comes with looking just just looking at what your diet is now if you tell women to overhaul and redo their diet ain't gonna happen is mm-hmm. it it's, no, it's no. kind of looking at what you're eating now and what what can I add into it yeah yeah it's changing you know? habits right like because I mean yeah. as we age, it's harder to take that weight off. It's like, tough to take it off. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You know, you've got declining hormones. You've got a stressful life. Muscle mass decreasing. Metabolism slowing down. I don't so think I have a metabolism anymore. I think it left. <laughs> okay. <Gone. Bring> some... <laughs> you know what? And as you, as you muscle, as we're losing muscle, because this is what happens when you eat, you know, Muscles burn more calories than fat do. So hence why you gotta you gotta eat more protein. You know, we women need to eat more protein. And that doesn't mean like like meat and seafood only. It, it, you know, there are lots of things like tofu and nuts and seeds, um, quinoa that have protein in it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it you know, exercise, but exercise bringing in things that relaxation exercise as well, not just the stress, stress, stress. Get off the treadmill. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, I would agree with Sabrina. I think that the types of exercise is really important. So, strength training, building that muscle mass, because we know that your metabolism will go up with increase in muscle mass. And actually, too much exercise can be a bad thing because Mm -hmm. if you're stressing your body, cortisol is going up. Cortisol, the stress hormone inhibits the production of estrogen so it's getting that balance and more restorative methods so pilates yoga are really good um and and a bit of muscle building will help with metabolism and it's it's maybe just shifting the type of exercise that we're doing in midlife that can make the big difference what i'm hearing donna is vacation Oh yeah. I don't know what you're getting from this i'm hearing (laughs) stress-free completely yeah. We all need a holiday. Here's a good one. Learn to say no. Learn to say no. Oh, I'm really good at that now. I'm nailing yeah. that. Good. Lower your standards. You don't have to be perfect at everything. So. Delegate. Get the family to do stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it's your time. Yep. Absolutely, yep. it's our time. Exactly. So I've, I've seen women who, you know, I've started on HRT and they've got a bit better, but because they have such stressful lives, they're still not quite there. As soon as they've they've fixed that, so as, as soon as they look at their lifestyle and they think, actually, you know what, I, I don't want to be doing the stressful job anymore. And they, you know, perhaps they shift career or they make a change. They come back and they're just different women. They've lost the weight. They've shifted their mindset. They're so, you know, it stresses. Mindset is everything, isn't it? Mindset? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, mindset's huge. Yeah. And it's funny because we all think that, you know, when you wear that swimsuit, somebody's looking at you or, or nobody cares. Nobody cares. That's it. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Well, I guarantee you, once we all get out of lockdown, nobody's going to (laughs) care. We're all going to have to go on vacation together. That's it. So, 
<laughs> so for how much, how important is it to get a bone density test and mm-hmm. how do we avoid osteoporosis? Cause I know that's worse yeah. as you get older. Yeah. So that's one of the big things. Um, I would say it's important So anyone that's gone through an early menopause, I would, would, would really want to get a bone scan. So over here, we don't do bone scans routinely on, on, on women unless they've got a family history of fractures um, or they're on medication to thin their bones. But early menopause, I mean, we should be scanning for that mm-hmm. because as soon as you hit menopause, if you're not replacing the estrogen, your bones start to thin. And if you're someone that's, that's you know, stopped their periods, certainly before the age of 45, I would, I would always do a bone scan personally. Okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's hormone replacement, but diet again, um, is so important. So calcium rich foods, vitamin D, really important to strengthen the bones and, and weight bearing exercise will make a big difference. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just something we need to be aware of. As we hit midlife, we, our bones are going to get thin. We need to be aware mm-hmm. and do something about it. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, okay. In terms of alcohol and menopause, Sabrina's laughing because she knows where we're going with this. <laughs> you know, it's still fine to have a few drinks. I can't personally anymore because if I have one drink, I'm up the entire night, and which is so incredibly sad. Because my yeah, friends are I'm like, oh, let's have a couple drinks. I'm like, yeah. enjoy. Because if I have one drink, I am up the entire night. Yeah. Well, And you see, that's just exactly it. It depends on the woman. Some people can still drink like a fish. I, I hate that. Yeah. It's yeah. not fair. Yeah. If, if I can... I can have like one or two, if I have anything more, I don't even feel well. I don't even want yeah. it. That's what we've become. Some <laughs> women, for some reason. can't even women, drink anymore. Yeah, alcohol can trigger um, flushes. Yes. And, but most of all, it's that sleep disruption. So maybe yeah. if you can have that drink, you're going to have to have it earlier exactly. in the day. Exactly. Like I'm hearing mornings, so I'm hearing like vodka <laughs> smoothie in the morning for breakfast. <laughs> Okay, well, yeah, every once in a while you can have a mimosa. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, something's going to give. You know, it, it, you might get to a point where you can't actually have the have it again and enjoy it, but you're just slapped with, okay, it's it's going to keep you up. So you yeah. can weigh the protein. But here's the other thing. Uh, it depends on how much alcohol you're drinking. For some women, yeah. you look at the weight gain. We know, we yeah. know um, alcohol could interfere with hormone balance. Um, yeah. It interferes with vitamin B absorption. That ha- that affects your moods and other things. Um, it it, it it's metabolized metabolized by our liver. You know, hey, our liver should be doing its job to get rid of the excess hormones and toxins and stuff. But if if, if you drink all the time, and you know, honestly, um, I'm not saying you ladies, but you know, it, p- women have to take stock and say, am I drinking too much? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How much am I drinking? Yeah. I'm gaining I mean, all this weight and I'm doing all the, I'm thinking, you know, look, look, you got to look at everything. Yeah. And your gut is also affected by alcohol, you know, yes. all that sugar and uh, sugar and processed foods as well. Yeah. Like I had one glass of wine last night and I woke up this morning and I thought, oh my God, I feel like yeah. crap. Yeah. And it was one glass. So yeah. I'm like, I, I just, I have to. It was just- all the training we did in college. <laughs> And university. Thank hey, goodness for all that. But make sure if you're going to have a glass of, of wine um, to, to drink a lot of water before you go to bed. Yeah. yeah. 
And I always laugh because I hear people say, oh, it's the sugar in the wine, which fine. So you switch to like a, I don't know, some type of like a vodka seltzer. I still feel the same way. Mm -hmm. I think it's just the alcohol. Isn't that sad? Excessive drinkers have means, but... Yeah, I just just drink got through it, Donna. Drink through it. You're just gonna keep going. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, no! I'm too old for that now. So, um, so is it true that we should be taking more iron during menopause? And does a lack of iron affect your heart? I did read that the other day, um, online, mm. saying that a lack yeah. of iron affects your heart. But, um, I mean, I get because we use so much blood when we're yeah in our period still in perimenopause, but still worth it for menopause so we we always check iron levels so if someone comes to me with flooding or really heavy periods absolutely we we need to replace the iron if they're anemic and and lots of women are anemic Mm -hmm. if you're feeling really tired all the time um you know you and you have these heavy periods definitely get your blood checked see if you're anemic um but again i would i would only supplement if you're anemic, it's not something I would say like blanket or women in perimenopause go out and take an iron supplement. Mm-hmm. Um, get yourself tested because taking too much iron, or if you don't need iron, taking iron at all yeah. actually has risks as well. Yeah. Um, but yes, I think if you're anemic, your heart will have to work harder because your your red blood cells are what carries the oxygen to the rest of your organs and if you're if you haven't got as many you're going to have to pump the that blood much harder so yes it's going to affect your heart and you can get things like breathlessness chest pain so it's it's important to get that sorted okay um but but yes see a doctor do not self-medicate yeah yeah and foods foods rich in iron ah i know you're going to squirm liver yeah Red meat, spinach, yeah. kale, pumpkin seeds, soy soybeans, pulses. You know, so there's you know, it's, so there's a lot of things you could just eat more of when when you're having. Yeah, I uh, usually you'll be proud of me, Sabrina. I have added more spinach to my diet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, done. And I have know, not. <laughs> 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 I still have to work. And by the way, Jeanette, you can get frozen spinach. You can get frozen. You know what? My husband will sneak it into my smoothies, but I know what he's doing. I know what those green globs are. I'm well aware. (laughs) Small steps. Small steps. That's all you got to do. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Thank you so, so much, ladies, for coming on. I... This, I, we were really excited about this one. I think Don and I are going through it personally. And I think it's so important to let other women know that let's chat, let's talk, let's be open about what we're going through. It's such a taboo topic that a lot of women won't talk about. And I think the more we talk to each other and educate ourselves, the more empowered we are, the better we feel. I know now that I'm not crazy. It's my husband that's crazy. That's <laughs> fine. That's what I learned. And, um, and you know what I'm, I am like when I went to the doctors last time and they told me my hormones were fine and I left thinking, Oh God, then something's wrong with me if it's not my hormones, but now I feel better. So I I thank you both for, for coming on today. Yes. You've been wonderful. You're just amazing women. Like every woman we meet, we just adore you guys. (laughs) We've learned so much. And now we have something in our back pocket that if, when we do go to our doctor, we can say, Hey, how about this? Yeah. 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 It's, it's been an absolute pleasure. I've loved it. Oh, so glad. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, ladies. I love you guys too. All right. Nice to see you again, Sabrina. Bye.
Thanks for joining us on season two of the Midlife Club podcast. Want to check us out on social media? Head on over to Facebook at the Midlife Club podcast, on Instagram at the Midlife Club podcast, or Twitter at mid underscore podcast. Thanks so much and talk to you next week.